It's mm. a superpower to have that, to feel so deeply, to be so aware of like subtle shifts, mm-hmm. you know, and, but it's, it's learning to, to work with that. Right. And I think that's it for me. I'm not trying to make, I, I can't say to anyone who joins the journal club, I'm going to make you happy hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to make you just this like high vibe all the time version of yourself. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to help you to increase your self-awareness mm-hmm. to understand why you are the way you are, what things you can release it's kind of it's a, a three-part thing, helping you to release your past, heal mm-hmm. from your past, ground in the present moment because it's such a grounding tool, mm-hmm. and create your future. Welcome back to the Happy Positive Energy Game podcast with me, your host Luke Anning, and I hope all you beautiful people are feeling bright and warm. And if not, that is exactly why we are here today. I've got a wonderful guest for you guys today, Jessica Av. She has come from uh, a toxic marriage into a beautiful, beautiful point of running and massive, massive empowerment and journaling process for. It was for women originally, but now it's for men as well. Thanks um, to you. Which I joined. (laughs) You were the first man. You set that tone. (laughs) And um, now we've got more men coming forward. And it's just so beautiful to have you on this podcast and to be doing one in person. So Jess, I really, really appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much. I appreciate the offer, the invite. You're so welcome. So I really wanted to dive into a little bit of your backstory so the listeners can get a bit of an idea of where you were at. So what was it like to grow up? as Jess? Okay, so I was, I had a wonderful childhood. I was the youngest of three and I don't actually have, so I had, I know it was a wonderful childhood, but I don't have that many childhood memories. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is that's kind of a trauma response. It's not that I went through any real significant trauma. Mm Actually, I'm going to scratch that. It was significant. Mm -hmm. But I think when we think of trauma, we can think of, you know, deaths or abuse or these these big things. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was just small things of not feeling enough, like little bits of bullying here and there. But they they were significant to me. Little T traumas that build up. Yeah, like they altered how I am. Mm -hmm. So I I don't have that many childhood memories. I think because I just suppressed things. Mm -hmm. But I know that it... It was a wonderful childhood in general. The youngest of three, um, yeah, parents together, mm-hmm. wonderful house, lots of nice holidays. Um, yeah, I think I was a little bit, I was just trying. I was like bossy and a little mm-hmm. bit sulky and small but mighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a great childhood. Oh, I love that. So, in terms of how you transitioned from the marriage side of things and overcoming beliefs, because I know before you stepped into journal, being the the journal coach, yeah, the the journal <laughs> coach, you had a time period where you were a limiting beliefs coach and a mindset and empowerment coach as well. Yes. So, what? How did that come around? What was the transition period of that? So the transition was, basically, I I kind of fell into the female empowerment coaching because Mm -hmm. I, before this, I was a blogger and a Mm -hmm. YouTuber and a massive Uh oversharer. So everyone kind of saw my, like, happy marriage. Mm -hmm. And then it went to me, you know, in the car, crying on my stories. And I lost loads of weight, like, really unhealthily. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, you could just see in my eyes, I looked dead behind the eyes mm-hmm. and people saw me get really, really depressed and then they saw me get better again mm. and, you know, gaining the weight healthily and, you know, sharing all these like positive quotes, but also they could see that I was happier. They could see that I was like, you know, I then got my own place and I just, I went from surviving to thriving. That was like my, mm. my line. And I would have lots of people message me in the DMs saying, you know, my husband's just left me or I'm going through a breakup or I just feel stuck, whatever it might be asking for advice and so I just kind of fell into helping people because I just I was like I know what it feels like and people would say to me I feel like that version of you when you were in the car crying or there was one of me I remember laying on the floor in my office and I just felt so broken and so low and so depressed and I did a little video and I was like I'm just gonna start filming this for you know future me to see just how low I was and I, I just looked broken and yeah, people would say to me, oh, I was that person. And because I knew, like I knew how they were feeling, I just wanted to help them. So that's how I started. And yeah, journaling was just, it was one of the tools. Mm. I also had special guests come in. I did NLP tools, all these mm. different mindset shifts. And a big focus was limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Because in my journey, I realized that 90% of my problems were based on how I was perceiving things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it was. It was mm-hmm. not, I don't want to say it was all in my head, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's our minds, isn't it? And right. they're so powerful. So, yeah, it was lots of different tools, but what I started to notice was that the journaling sessions were the ones that really set people alight. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones where we just, we felt all these shifts. And I don't know, I just, I love the journaling sessions. Mm-hmm. And there was just such a sense of community with them. So, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going to niche down with that. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And obviously it was women. And I started having lots of men message to say, you know, I know you're just for women, but I just want to say that I love your content. Mm-hmm. And, like, coaches saying they were using my journal prompts with their clients. Wonderful. And, yeah. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm opening it up to men. Yeah. And you were the first man. The first man. Was yeah. It? So thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's great. So do you have examples of, particularly hard limiting beliefs that came up and people might be a bit unconscious but they might have these thoughts come up and then that is the limiting belief but was there particular ones that came up for you and what was your process behind shifting them okay so particular ones for me were that i'm not worthy mm-hmm. worthy of love and worthy of money mm-hmm. so they would it's like it's this whole process so it's about figuring out looking at the area of your life that you're stuck in, it's the thing that you complain about most. If I ask you, what do you complain about most? That's where your limiting belief probably is. Mm. So looking at that, and then I take clients through a journey of kind of going back through their timeline to see where that started. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was always around men, Mm -hmm. not worthy of men. You know, when I'm with someone new, they're going to realize that I'm actually not a good person and they're not going to want to be with me you know mm-hmm. and um so I take it back to like all of my past relationships and it went back to this moment where I was about six and a boy that I liked his name was Josh he chose another girl to be Sandy in Greece mm-hmm. over me and that was my first feeling of like I've not been chosen mm-hmm. I'm not enough and I'm sure you know there might have been other things before then but um so it's about looking at okay where did it come from nurturing that part of you so, you know, going back and I did this visualization where I went back to that, that version of me and I held her and I, 
you know, told her how worthy she was and that, you know, when she's older, she's not going to care about Josh. Mm. <laughs> she's going to meet so many other amazing people and, you know, that it's not a reflection of her. And so it's about going back and healing that part of you. And, and you can do that through a letter. Mm-hmm. You do lots of letter writing in the journal club. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also about changing your focus now. So reframing to, you know, noticing, noticing what my thought patterns are, noticing what my habits are, my responses in that area. How do I respond if a guy that I'm seeing tells me they're busy? Instantly, it's it's because they don't want to see me. It's because I'm not good enough. So it's it's training myself in that moment to see it as okay, they're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I use this analogy: rain is rain, mm-hmm. and. Basically, if you woke up in the morning and you looked outside and it's torrential rain and you are planning your kid's outdoor birthday party, mm-hmm. like you haven't got a gazebo, it's the middle of August, it's supposed to be sunny, everything's outside, you've got animals coming, like all the kids from the class coming, it can't be raining. And you look outside, it's torrential and you're like, the day's ruined. Right. Like, I fucking hate the rain, I'm so pissed off. Like, everyone's going to get wet, the cake's going to be ruined, no one's going to turn up, all the school mums are going to gossip about me and think I'm an awful mum, I should have got the gazebo, the day is ruined. Your next door neighbour, who is a farmer, who hasn't had crops for their field for months and months, they will look outside at that same rain, on the same time, same day, like that exact same rain, and be like, thank God, like that's a blessing. This is the most amazing thing. I was really worried all the crops were going to die. I wasn't going to be able to pay the rent on the farm. I wasn't going to be able to feed my kids. Like, thank God for this rain. Mm -hmm. It's the same rain. Like, it has no meaning whatsoever. Mm -hmm. How you feel about it depends on the story that you attach to it. Uh So, for me, it's about in every moment seeing everything as, like, it, it is what it is. And I know yeah. that's such a cliche thing, yeah. but it really is. Yeah. Like, you know, this mug is what it is. If I hate, you know, white mugs, I'm going to hate this mug. Right. If I had a white mug when I was growing up and it was my favourite thing and it, it broke, I'd be like, this mug is amazing. I'm going to treasure it forever. It's like me and my Buzz Lightyear mug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Whereas I might have, you know gone to a fancy dress party and being punched in the face by someone dressed as Buzz Lightyear, I might see that mug and be like, I hate that mug. Mm. You know, the mug is the mug. Right. Rain is rain. Yeah. So if you can see every situation as, like, it is what it is. Like, yeah. what am I putting on this? What am I, how am I perceiving this? What lens am I viewing this through? Yeah. It just helps so much with, with your beliefs. Because you'll see that just, you're seeing life through this lens, through this filter of your beliefs. Yeah, and that's such a wonderful analogy and I'm glad that you brought that up because so many of us see these things and from our own experiences, it's really challenging. So for example, with my, with my dad, with, its, with it being super cold at the moment, he's an electrician and he's working outside with electrics yeah. and you know, he's just having to bear, bear the brunt of the cold on his hands and you know, that's not the most fun experience in the world. But yeah. then take me, for example, when I was in Toronto, and there was snow everywhere, and I'm like, I love yes. the cold. Like, I love the cold. Yeah. And I would Face actually, plant in the yeah, snow. I would, I would rather go somewhere cold than I would somewhere hot. Mm-hmm. That's just me. But it's nice so interesting hot. how <laughs> so many people are so different based on their own experience, based on their own stories, and based on where they where they're going in life. Yeah. 
And it's all valid. Yeah. It's okay for the mum to be pissed off that it's raining because she's planned this party. Right. And it's okay for the, the farmer to be really happy because of their crops. But it just helps you... You know, it's not about shaming you for how you feel. It's not being like, oh, I shouldn't be upset. That's just mm. because I had this this expectation of how it should be and it's not met my expectation. But it, it's just to allow you to see, actually, life isn't always how I see it. Life is how it is. And I, I have these choices. Mm. You know, I can choose to see from different perspectives. And sometimes, no, something is shit. You lose mm. a loved one, it's shit. And it's heartbreaking. But... You know, there, there are certain things that you can see different perspectives. And, and even in the hardest things, like losing a loved one, there can be these alternative perspectives, like how amazing that I got to have this wonderful time with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this has taught me to be even more present mm-hmm. and to remember the good times and to, you know, this has finally made me in touch with my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those can coincide. You can still feel heartbroken mm-hmm. and go through that grieving process and, you know be able to open the windows and see the alternative perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the topic of your perspective shifting and being able to be in this place where you recognize emotions and it's okay to have them. When was a time when Jess wasn't in that space? Not that long ago. I'd say like about four or five years ago. Yeah, I think when I first started going through the separation and I just felt like, as in like from the boy's dad, mm-hmm. and I was just in this victim mentality and I just, I didn't understand my emotions. It was an awful, like, there were wonderful times in the marriage. But when you look back at the whole thing, it was pretty awful. And we both agreed, I'm not, that's not me to bring shade. We're both like, mm-hmm. we're glad we, you know, glad we did it, glad we had the kids, but let's not do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we, so I... I was in this victim mentality mm-hmm. and I was in this space of like, it was an awful marriage, but why am I not happy that I'm out of it? Mm-hmm. I think this, this was my kind of turning point. I was like, it was so awful. Like it was toxic. I felt depressed all the time, angry when I was in it, I wanted to be out of it. But as soon as he would move on, I then felt this pull, like, no, I need him back. Mm-hmm. And I think it's at that point that I was like, hang on a minute. I think... I think this is me not saying I'm mm. I'm the problem mm-hmm. but actually maybe I need to work on myself a bit here mm-hmm. and that's when I kind of dove into like listening to podcasts and audiobooks and journaling and and my mindset and I just started to realize actually there are different perspectives here and I think even even in the beginning then I still tried to hide away from the anger the sadness and I probably fell into that toxic mm. positivity of you know going from surviving to thriving and then you have to stay in thriving and why was that i just didn't know any better mm-hmm. and i think as a coach i don't know if you've had this but i would then feel really great and if i had a bad day i'd feel like i'd have to hide it because why would someone pay me mm-hmm. to help them feel better when i'm having a shit day mm-hmm. and so i think that definitely came later probably actually maybe only like a year or so ago where i was like actually do you know what it's okay to be angry it's healthy mm-hmm. It's okay to be sad. I'm human. And actually, that's what makes me relatable. And you're never going to be happy 100% of the time. Like, you've got to have the dark to see the light. That's just normal. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I would say to my kids, like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. And then I would shame myself if I shouted or if I got upset. I'd be like, oh, I've taken 10 steps back. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's, you know, 
in life we're always going to cry, we're always going to get angry, we're always going to make mistakes, but it's about how we perceive those. Mm-hmm. Again, anger is anger. Mm-hmm. Rain is rain, anger is anger, shouting is shouting, but it's okay, do I take from this, I don't like shouting, what can I do instead? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, rather than being like, oh, I'm such a shit mum because I shouted, or I'm clearly still anxious or whatever because I'm sad about this guy. Right just being like, it's okay that I'm sad about this guy because it was mm. a good thing and it ended. It's okay mm. that, you know, I got angry. It, it's actually nice because it means that I'm human and I've got this spectrum of emotions. Mm. Yeah, I've often seen it as when people are angry, there's often sadness behind that. And then yeah. behind the sadness, there's an aspect of guilt. So there's, there's actually like a following process behind yeah. the emotions. So is that something that you take people through, you know, when you've come through the process of, journaling with what you do with journal club now and you're teaching people and I know because I'm in it but talk us through a little bit how you would walk somebody through first of all being allowed to express an emotion but then understanding the emotion behind it so it's awareness is like the first thing and this is a big thing that we're kind of evolving the journal club next month I know we spoke about this before we were on air Mm -hmm. um we're going to be going through a real journey so that the first step of any topic is is awareness Mm -hmm. so being really aware of okay what what pops up for me a lot and you know where are the patterns where are the triggers so journaling is really great because you can track those things so if every evening you're journaling and you're doing a bit of a mind dump where you're just writing down what you're thinking how your day was that kind of thing you might start to notice oh do you know what every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I get really angry at the end of the day. Or every Thursday, Friday, I get really sad. Like You just start to notice these patterns and then it might be, oh, okay, it's because on Thursdays and Fridays I don't have my kids. Or because on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays this particular friend is in the office. That you'll just start noticing, okay, what are the, the patterns of how I'm feeling and what are the triggers as well? And when you can identify those, you can then start to look at, okay, why am I feeling like this? So there's this thing where you can ask yourself why like seven times. Okay, I'm feeling angry, why? Because my kid won't put their shoes on. Okay, why? Well, because it like, all like, why is that making you angry? Because I feel like they're not listening to me. Or maybe because I'm worried we're gonna be late. Okay, why, are you, like, why does that make you angry? Um, because I'm worried that the, the people on reception at school will judge me. Okay, so why does that make you angry? Because then it will make me feel like I'm a failure of a parent. And, and then it, it brings down to this whole thing. Okay, so you're not angry that your kid's not putting their shoes on. You're angry because you're worried that of like the repercussions of that will make you feel like a failure of a parent. You know, so it's just, it's really uncovering. Okay, why do I feel like this? And a lot of the time when we have these emotions that come up as well, if you heard of stacking? Mm-hmm. So we talk about this a lot as well in, in the journal club that, for example, with, you know, if I get angry because my kid won't put their shoes on, looking back at, okay, what was the, what have I stacked before that? So maybe I got out of bed and my alarm didn't go off. And as I got out of bed, I stubbed my toe. And then I was brushing my teeth and I got toothpaste down my new top that I wanted to wear that day. And then I made my coffee, went to drink it, and I forgot to boil the kettle so it was cold. All of these things stacking, like these micro stresses, then my kid won't put their shoes on and you lose it. And it's just, it's, again, it's that awareness, having that understanding, okay, this is why I feel angry. Mm-hmm. 
Like really allowing yourself to understand, okay, why do I feel like this? So it's the awareness, it's the acceptance of it as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel this way. Yeah. So that's really, really important because I think it's hard enough when you feel angry without then shaming yourself on top of it. Like, imagine if you walked in this room and you were like, I'm in such a bad mood. And then I was like, why are you in such a bad mood? Like, you're, what, you're such a rubbish person, which why? People do, like, which people do all the time. As really? Well. Yeah, people, not particularly, for, well, sometimes for me, but yeah. I've seen it a lot. You know, some people are like, oh, I'm so angry. Oh, why are you so angry? And yeah, it's like... But in like a, more in like a shaming way. Right. Like, yeah. like you can't be angry. Why are you angry? Oh, you're, you're such a stupid person. You know, mm-hmm. like shaming you for being angry. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, if one of my kids is upset, I like me then shouting at them for being upset. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. You want to like nurture them and and let them feel safe. And right. it's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. Yeah. So giving yourself that same compassion. Right. So yeah, really starting with the awareness, and then going on to the like. It was a word beginning with A that I just used. I can't think what it is now. But like allowing yourself. Allowing like, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, looking at, okay, like, you can, you can unpick it and you can see where it came from and you can look into the beliefs, um, but also looking at all the tools that you can use mm-hmm. in the meantime. Because this is what it is. It's about kind of rewiring from the past, but also taking the action now. Because if you understand, okay, well, I, I get angry because that whole thing led to me feeling like I'm a failure of a mum, mm-hmm. and then you can unpick that and see, okay, well, I feel like a failure of a mum because... Maybe when I was growing up, my mum did everything perfectly in routine. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned, like, to be a perfect mum, you have to be on time all the time. Mm-hmm. And maybe she was always rushing me and like, come on, Jess, we're going to be late. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to get in trouble at school. So I had this thing of, I have to be on time, otherwise I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. So it's going back and reframing that through visualisations, through, you know, writing a letter to your past self, to the past mm-hmm. version of your mum at that time, whatever it might be. But also, how can I change now? Because this is where we are now. Mm-hmm. So if I start to feel angry, could I take four deep breaths, like we did at the beginning of this podcast? Could I train myself to just see my child as a child who's just struggling to put their shoes on, mm-hmm. and see them with compassion? Could I train myself to notice when I'm stacking? Mm-hmm. This is what I do now. If I wake up and I stub my toe, I make a mental note like, oh, like, that's a little micro-stressor. Mm-hmm. And, and I can almost feel when things happen, like, I'm stacking, it's building up. Mm-hmm. So then you can just, you can implement those tools, whether it's breath work or giving yourself a hand massage mm-hmm. or, you know, something to kind of distill that mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's looking at reframing from the past, but then how can I move forward and choose something differently? Mm. Yeah, and something came up when you were talking about that on the aspect of, stacking but also because of the stacking you then have this huge release of emotion right which is the pent up from that from that time yeah i remember there being times when i was a child and i I didn't really learn to express anger until this year to be honest i remember there time being times as a child being at the dinner table with my parents and being angry and my parents being angry and i'm very empathetic so i'm picking up on their emotions as well and being sat there and feeling angry and my parents being, well, my dad being like, you know, if you, if you don't change that expression on your face, I'll wipe it off. And yeah. then you're like led there angry and, and building it up, building it up, but you're not actually expressing it. And I was watching this video the other day of 
Um, it was a dog training video of all, of all videos. Mm. But animals are very clever. They know how to express their emotion. They shake it off. Yeah. And there was this aspect of this dog like barking at another dog and this person just pulling it back, pulling it back. And then it was nervous. It was nervous. It, it felt anxious. The dog felt anxious. Yeah. But actually you teach the dog to do a little 360. So you, you lead the dog around on a 360. It takes its eyes off the other dog and then it shakes it off. It expresses. Yeah. And I feel like we've lost that as, as humans to, we're, we're so smart that we think that expressing our emotions isn't okay. Yeah. And that's the beauty of what you do now is allowing people to actually be vulnerable with themselves first yeah. to then go outward on from there. Exactly. Like, Cause it's safe to have emotions. It's just, it's how we express them. And I think, you know, if I feel angry and I go and scream into a pillow or I, you know, say to someone, I'm feeling really angry or I'm like, I'm going to take myself for a walk or whatever it might be like, that's okay. If I start smashing up the windows in my house or pushing people around, like that's not okay. But mm. it's just knowing it's the, there are certain behaviors mm. that aren't okay. You know, it's the anger is okay. And mm. anger's good. I think, you know, if there wasn't anger, people wouldn't, you know, there wouldn't be these women marching for women's rights or, mm. you know, this, it fuels a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Sadness fuels change. It, it all does. But yeah, going back to what you said about your, your dad at the table, I remember seeing this video of this woman and her kids were just shouting and screaming. And then she just went, why is everyone always shouting in this house? And then she was like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Because like, it's almost like we think it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, sometimes I've caught myself, the kids will be shouting at each other and I'll shout at them to stop shouting. Right. I'm like, why is it okay for me to do it and not them? Yeah. And I'm literally teaching them that it's okay for other people to express their emotions mm-hmm. and not them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do think it's like a blessing and a curse. The more aware you are of yourself, mm-hmm. you just, you end up noticing like everything and how I'm parenting and mm-hmm. what limiting belief is this going to create for them. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm not sure about you, but I've noted the more self-aware I've become, the more anxious feelings I've got, but then the more conscious mm-hmm. as an observer I am of that. So if I get anxious in a situation, provided I'm conscious enough in that moment to actually go inward with journaling or with voice journaling and actually understand the depths of where that anxiety is coming. That's actually when I have the biggest breakthroughs. Yeah. In this book, Attached, that I'm currently listening to, it said something there about when you... If you're kind of anxious attached, you can... um, You can find it the most challenging when you feel triggered, but... Once you learn to understand it, you're like the most observant person in the room. Like it's mm. a superpower to have that, to feel so deeply, to be so aware of like subtle shifts, mm-hmm. you know, and, but it's, it's learning to, to work with that. Yeah. And I think that's it for me. I'm not trying to make, I, I can't say to anyone who joins the journal club, I'm going to make you happy hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to make you just this like high vibe all the time version of yourself. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to help you to increase your self-awareness mm-hmm. to understand why you are the way you are what things you can release it's kind of it's a, a three-part thing helping you to release your past heal mm-hmm. from your past ground in the present moment because it's such a grounding tool mm-hmm. and create your future mm-hmm. and it, it's just about you know yeah more self-awareness more self-compassion more understanding mm-hmm. um 
and knowing that yeah it's okay to be angry mm-hmm. I can feel it and it's safe it doesn't mean I'm a shit person mm. and then being able to get out of it maybe quicker than if you didn't have that tool mm. what's your mission behind the journal club so a journaling revolution uh-huh. I want journaling to be so accessible around the world because it is a tool that you know if just a pen and paper is all you need or mm. even not like you said like voice journaling yeah or notes on your phone yeah notes on your phone typing it on your laptop you know sometimes I'll um, just set like the recording Mm. like um, what's it called like voice memo thing like say if I'm driving and I'm having like a bit of a mind dump and I'll just record it or sometimes I'll just speak it Mm -hmm. but it's something that I, I just I know how much it helps people so I want you know from every corner of the globe and you know, whatever your age, whatever your nationality or gender, just to know, like, this is a tool that I can use, mm. you know, so I make it really accessible with the Journal Club because it's so inexpensive to join. Mm. Um, and I've got loads of things coming out in the future as well, like Journal Prompt books as well. And mm. yeah, I'd love to just be able to go into, into schools and have journaling be part of the education system. Mm. And just, you know, in different charities, I just think, you know, there are so many, you know, women who are, in you know um like refuges that could just benefit so much from having a tool to release their thoughts right and yeah children that maybe don't have much in remote parts of the world like their creativity like that's their power it's so accessible yeah to be able to write their dreams and that i just yeah it's such an incredible gift to give yourself yeah because that's the thing i'm not i'm not giving anyone anything i'm it's just a tool for them to elicit their own answers. Right. You know, I just give you a prompt. Yeah. You, like, you've got all of it. It's all like, lo- it's like a treasure box. It's all like locked up within you. Yeah. Journaling is just the key. Mm-hmm. And once you've been asked that one question, like, how can I show myself love today? Mm-hmm. And when you really think about it, you could like, I've unlocked like 10 pages from that one question. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it might just be one line, like, I don't know, doing some breath work giving myself a hug mm-hmm. but other times it's like I could go and go and go mm. and that's that's why I love in the sessions some people are like oh my god I've just realized that I do this because of this and then this happens and I'm crying and I, just from one question mm-hmm. and that's what I love it's like you've got it all within you and journaling just unlocks it mm. yeah I read a study that said I want to get the numbers right around 39% of your depressive symptoms can be decreased if you journal just once per week. I love that. That's just once. Yeah. And that's the power of journaling, I think, not only for mind dumping and releasing your emotions, but also for, like you said, writing your goals, getting your creative flow out. And yeah. it's it's expression. It's, it's just total expression within all areas of your life, right? Yeah. And because it's not just when you journal the mic drop moments and the answers that you get and the, you know these reframes like they're amazing mm-hmm. but it's also the fact that you can sit there and go I've just dedicated an hour or five minutes to myself mm-hmm. and it's that feeling of you know especially people that say like I don't know how to love myself I don't know what self-care is like how I don't know you know I just don't make time for myself mm-hmm. sometimes when I do these mind dumps we do a mind dump at the beginning of every journaling session and I'll say to people you know how how do you feel now before we start and then we'll do like a 10, 15 minute mind dump, which is just letting your stream of consciousness onto the paper. It doesn't have to make sense, be neat, be spelled correctly, anything. And <clears throat> I'll ask, how do you feel afterwards? 
And some people will say, I feel really light, I feel energized, I just realized this is why I do this, or I just had some clarity on a goal of mine, I've released this. And other people are like, I feel the same. Mm. And so in that moment, I'm like, okay, so just really appreciate yourself. You've just given yourself 15 minutes. Mm. You know, like when you're in a really bad mood and you mm. call up your friend and you're like, can you just hold space for me? Mm. I don't need advice. I don't need that. Just, just hear me out. Mm. Like my boyfriend has done this. This person cut me up on the motorway. I really want to do this, but I feel stuck. And actually, no, wait, but if I did this, I could do this. And your friend is just listening to you like, yeah, you're, you're literally answering your own questions. Yeah. Like you've, you've got this. That's what you're doing for yourself when you journal. Mm. Like you're holding space for yourself. And that's why I think it's so important for men to do because I know I didn't have that. I know a lot of women you speak to are like, yeah, you could call your friend up and express, but men don't have that. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey mate, could you hold some space for me? And in comes a, in comes a banter joke. Yeah. In comes this. Yeah. Or guys, I'm feeling a bit down. Lol, are you? Like, it's... But that's yeah. the natural reaction that men have been taught. Yeah, because and, it's like a feminine right. thing, which is seen in a negative way. Right. Because feminine, every, every human is feminine and masculine. Mm. But I think my perspective is, is that from men, they see the feminine side as, they see it as gay. Mm. You know, that's their perspective of it. And, it, and it, but in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not, we're all, we're all feminine and masculine. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's something that the more men step into that like, space of awakening and awareness, you just see it as like, it, like, it's just part of us. We're all feminine, we're all masculine. We're all human, we all have emotions. Mm. And I wonder if it's just because in caveman times, the men just had to go out and hunt. Yeah, and regardless and, of how you feel, we're still going to do it. Yeah, because they had emotions then. Yeah. They would have got angry, they would have got sad, but it, it was almost the... Like, at some point, someone just decided, okay, women, you can cry, men, you can't. Women, mm. you can talk about feelings, men, you can't. Mm. Like that, and again, it's rain is rain. Someone just made that decision. And I think it's really important to realise that even if you do cry, for example, it doesn't take you any further away from being a man. Like Joe Marler, he's a rugby player and he had a depression documentary out and he said like, you know, he's hard man, uh, also a complete joker and then like on the way back from his training he would be crying the entire time. Yeah. But then that's because he wasn't taught how to express his emotions and how to express himself fully. But I think men have this misconception that if they cry or if they express themselves then that's gonna pull them away from being a protector and we were having this discussion before before we were on the on the podcast but I think there is still a balance between the two like you can still express yourself and I think this is why I'm so grateful for the friends that I've made through this personal development journey where you can express yourself safely in that brotherhood yeah and then become secure and be led through that and I think that's what men are missing is this leadership to say like hey you can express yourself to another man and then this man will lead you into the right space whereas many men will express to their partners or express to their mums or whatever like that and women are separate so sometimes that can feel like oh you know is this guy weak is this guy like this, when it's not meant to be that, like yeah. that, but that's the only space that they feel safe enough to express. Yeah. So it's a, it's a wild journey, that's yeah. for sure. But it's, it's about being that, like as a man, being that beacon of light right. for the men that are ready for that, mm-hmm. to be like, it's okay, I, I can lead you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's going to take a while, isn't it? 
it's it's I think this is why it's so important that we're doing the work that we're doing and we're expanding what we're doing and we're having conversations like this where it gives you that realization that like hey like you can you can find somewhere and you can find solitude and it doesn't necessarily I think I found this in the life coaching world like 80% I mean 80 20 rule here but 80% of my clients are female yeah but now we're starting to get this upsurge of men as more social media is going out and there, there is this more conscious awareness and I think that's beautiful for where we're going. Yeah, it's the beauty of social media. Social mm. media, you know, isn't great in a lot of ways, but otherwise, how would you find these people? Right. You know, right. before it was like, I've done a lot of Tony Robbins work and I remember him saying he'd see, um, who was it? Jim Rome. Jim Rome. He'd get his cassette tapes or, mm. you know, you'd see like an advert on a, a billboard or a bus stop or something. Like it's, it's just not as accessible. Mm. But even then, you know, people were finding it. They were finding the those beacons of light. Mm-hmm. So, Jess, we've got a second tradition on this podcast. We've already done okay. the first. The second tradition of this podcast is, in a nutshell, podcast changed my life. I was on a construction site. I'd just come through a breakup. And I was listening to a podcast. And the guy was like, look, like, if you don't fucking like your life, change it. And on that moment, I called up an event, some music uh, manager, ended up, quitting my job on that day and then that started off the personal development self-growth warpath that led me to this conversation right now so what I want you to think of is think of your older version of Jess who's maybe listening to this or it could be somebody that you already know yeah and they're on the fence about walking their way towards journaling and walking their way towards starting to work on themselves and they just feel a little bit on the fence a little bit worried but you know, they just need that little push over the edge. Okay. If you were going to speak to that person and embody a message towards that person, what would it be? Okay. I would say that you are... That you are in the driving seat of your life. And you, there will be roadworks, there's going to be traffic, there's going to be speed bumps, there's going to be torrential rain on the windscreen, but... You are, you are the driver, you know, and you can take charge, you can decide when you turn the engine off and you rest for a little bit, you can decide when you're going to put those windscreen wipers on and, and, you know, drive full force and I would say that, but I would also just really, like, reiterate the rain is rain part, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that, you know, you, you have the power over how you perceive something. How you perceive something is based on what your core beliefs are and that determines what you think. It determines how you respond, how you, like your habits, your actions, everything. How you, you know, how me and you are experiencing this conversation right now Mm -hmm. will be completely different. We're having the same conversation and people listening to this podcast, they'll take different things from it. There'll be different things that they really resonate with. There'll be things that someone might hear something I say and be really triggered or annoyed by me. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone's going to perceive it differently. So I think just like really, I just want to like drill that home with everyone. Like how you perceive something is not always how it is. Mm-hmm. And just allow yourself to open up and have the potential to see different perspectives. You have the power to create new perspectives and that will just shift like the trajectory of your life. Just, you know, me viewing that I'm not worthy, really, it determines how I would approach guys, how I would mm. approach 
um, job interviews, new friends, anything like that. You know, believing I'm really, really worthy, I'm going to approach all of those things in a completely different way and the trajectory of my life is going to be completely different. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much, Jess, for that message. I'm hoping that you guys really take something from it because I know I have taken a lot from this episode, so I appreciate it. So, um, guys, where's the best place for you to contact Jess? Jess, where's the best place for people to hit you up? The best place would be Instagram Mm -hmm. because then on my bio there's links to the website and everything. Um, So, JessicaAVUK is my main Instagram and then the underscore journal club is the Journal Club. Oh, wicked stuff. So guys, if you took anything from this episode, please take the time to tag me and Jess on your socials, give it a share and have a think about who do you know that would benefit from this podcast? Like it could be a brother, it could be a sister, it could be somebody going through a hard time recently, another mum, whoever that is, because ultimately it's not about just me and Jess, it's about getting this message to the people that really do need it and then ultimately we raise the collective consciousness of this world and Mm -hmm. we reach more of a happier, positive energy game of life that we're in. So for everybody listening, we appreciate you. Don't ever stop. Keep moving forwards. Have an awesome day.